Hello, welcome to Soberish in Denver. I am here with Lacey. Hello. 5D friend in Denver. Um, I spent $60 on lifts this morning to get to an airport that I could have taken a shuttle for because I am ridiculous. Every time I fly, I insist on getting an airport or a hotel close to the airport if I'm not renting a car, because every time I book a hotel, I'm like, okay, I'll just be able to take the free shuttle. And then when I get to the airport, the idea of waiting for the shuttle is inconceivable to me because I'm like, I just want to be there. So then I hop, I almost got into a cab which would have actually saved me money. But I looked at the lift and grabbed the lift and it said it was 15 minutes away, which would be weird for an airport hotel. But, you know, this Denver Illuminati airport, whatever, they need to keep the hotels far away. I kind of picked that up when I was trying to book one. So I'm just spacing out, playing with my phone. I get driven to the Embassy Suites downtown Denver And I'm like, this looks nicer than what I booked. And then I have to take another all the way back to the airport. I could have walked and saved myself $60. Um, That I got up in the morning in Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas was so beautiful last night. It was so such a fun show. What a great group of people. Um, What a wild day, though. Very interesting. I I got booked at an axe-throwing warehouse, and then when I got there, they had literally two bullseyes, two two lanes that you could throw axes, and the rest was like art and gems. Just just this crazy, cool collection of interesting people. I'm really glad I did it, and, you know, obviously crushed. Um, But then this morning... Not a lot of lifts in Lubbock. And I so I called a lift, whatever. I put it in the app and nothing happened. And then I panicked and called a cab because I woke up at the last possible minute because it's a small airport and I fucking hate getting to the airport too early. And then uh, the cab guy was condescending. And I'm like, this is why your industry is dying. You know, because he was like, don't you think you should have done this a half an hour ago? And I was like, okay, boomer. Uh, no, I don't think I should have done this a half an hour ago. It's 2019. I should have a lift here right now. And he didn't like that. But anyway, so then he sent a cab out. And then I got a notification that the lift was here. <laughs> So then I had to call that guy back and be like, yeah, sorry, you don't have an app where I can just cancel this. But like, uh, I'm being picked up by the future. (laughs) Just kidding. Sorry. I know that um, these companies are shitty. Anyway, uh, then I took a nap. And I don't think it's very obvious that I took a nap. And then Lacey came over and I'm very excited about this. I don't even know where to start. Lacey and I uh, did a reading a few weeks ago. And, um, sometimes, uh, sometimes they end up being collaborations. There's a couple of people I've done readings with, and then it just turns into a, oh, okay, well let's work together. Other times it's just, you know, we, uh, we hit it off and, um, you had such an interesting story of how your life has worked out. And I love life stories like this, like, uh, um, obsessed with anything that isn't, you know, uh, staying in the same place, you know, totally. uh, because relatable. So, um, you want to tell the listeners a little bit about kind of the timeline jumping you've been doing your whole life? Yes, definitely. So even finding soberish felt like I was jumping a timeline. I was on a walk one day. It's my self care to just l- find a random podcast and listen to it. 
and I could not, no podcast was calling to me and I was just scrolling through Apple's suggestions and I saw one that said basic bitch or witch, basic witch. (laughs) (laughs) And you clicked on it. And I was like, hmm. And it said something about rainbow brain skull. And I was like, hmm, I'll click on this and listen. And I heard this guy talking and I instantly resonated with him. And he kept saying, Jessa Reed, Jessa Reed. And, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. And the thing that like got me was he said that there's three di- types of people that he talked to Jessa Reed about, the creator, the destroyer, and the healer. And specifically what resonated with me was that the destroyers are often the, the activists in the world. Yeah. And... I was like, oh, fuck, because I was part of a huge activist group here in Denver, um, and I watched people destroy each other so fast and so brutally. Yeah. The the cannibalistic nature. uh, Leave it to Ramin to say my stuff better than I do, but... um, (laughs) The cannibalistic nature of the social justice warrior is something that that bothers a lot of people who aren't social justice warrior. It bothered me as well. I was just like, God, why don't you guys like become a united front? Why are you doing this? And then I realized that they were what the aliens had referred to as the arsenal, which is just an energy that is meant to pack man away. This is for anyone who hasn't listened to past episodes. Uh, pack man away the old world. And we all are still carrying around old world programming. And so they'll do it to each other. It doesn't matter. It's just their energy. But I can imagine being a part of that community, uh, especially if you're not pump, you're not all arsenal energy. Cause I'm very arsenal. I'm very, I'm here to tear down some shit. Uh, I'm uh, in a gathering phase right now, but if you like, if I really get to the core of what am I excited about with this, it's much less love and light and much more destroy the government. Like it's, uh, it's um but to be a part of that and and watch it eat itself was that painful it was incredibly painful and incredibly isolating and I stepped into it as a 22 year old and I was like I am going to be the white girl who does something (laughs) I'm gonna make a real change I know things have fucked up in the past but it's 2014. We are going to make a difference. <laughs> and the leader of the group was like putting me on the news. And I became like the speaker for the movement because although it was a movement full of destroyers and people getting real shit done, I look like a kindergarten teacher. So right. they're like, you are perfect <laughs> to talk about these crazy ass things on the news. You know? old white people are really going to resonate with you, Lacey. (laughs) So I did that. And then when you become the face of it, you become a huge target as well. Yeah. But yeah. So back, but back to timeline jumping, I started listening. I immediately, immediately left that podcast and went to rainbow brain skull and listened to the one with that interviewed Jessa Reed. And I was like, I have to be on these podcasts. <laughs> I have to be friends with these people. They're talking about my shit. Um, yeah, I grew up in an extremely abusive home. Um, my mother was a meth addict. I was removed by the state when I was around 13 years old. I have a younger brother who's two years younger than me. And when he was six months old, he got meningitis. Um, so flight for life had to come 
I was two years old. I remember bits and parts of it, like riding in the ambulance with him. But I think that's the first time I heard what you would call the aliens, which I have always called spirit guides or my higher voice. And I remember being in that um, ambulance and something telling me like, your mom's not okay. And your brother isn't okay right now. And my mom was a teen mom. She was not equipped to handling a six-month-old with meningitis. His whole whole body turned black. Um, He wasn't getting any blood flow anywhere. They thought he was going to die that night. Um, He has skin grafts over 90% of his body, and they had to amputate his arm. Um, But before he was like three, I think he had over 100 surgeries. So we had to be rushed to Denver's Children's Hospital. And I remember these higher voices coming in and telling me, like, you have to change the timeline for your brother. They didn't use the word timeline, but they're like, you can use your words and protect your brother. Like, you are here to protect him and help him. And then in that moment, like, he was my baby. And my mom would tell me stories how I would go to the top of the stairs at the Denver Children's Hospital at that time. And I would scream and sing just for hours to like my imaginative audience about my brother's going to get better. Oh my God. He's healing and he's fucking amazing. So he's okay now, but him and I had experienced tremendous amount of abuse, but I, I just know in that time, that's when I started really having a dialogue with the angels, the aliens, God, that's amazing. The and you guides. did you remember that connection to your entire life? Entire yes. life. Holy shit. And it became more of like a simulation when the meth kicked in with my mom and her partners because that's when things got really violent, started to get really violent. I was probably like 10, 11. And I remember like the physical violence would occur and that voice would come in my head where it was like, you don't have to actually be in this moment. And I would literally close my eyes and see myself as an adult. And I was like, they're insane, but you need this. The voice would tell me like, your parents are insane. You don't have to be super connected to them. Like, I think psychologists would call this disassociation. I (laughs) I think about this all the time because how many of these magic powers were the results of trauma you know my first psychic abilities uh like now that i've learned a lot about my anxious attachment style and how my brain is constantly scanning people for whether or not i'm wanted that is very similar to my ability to scan somebody and you know tell if they're being honest or tell what their truth is and the disassociation is so connected to connecting to different parts of yourself and to, and to changing timelines. A hundred percent. It's an, it, yeah. I wonder about it a lot. Sometimes when people are like, this person just needs, you know, this person just has mental stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I think it's both. I think totally. it really is both. There is a reason we're all steeped in trauma. Most of us are steeped in trauma. Totally. And there was just this one time in particular where my mom had literally gotten me out of bed by my hair and beat the shit out of me in the kitchen And I remember this higher voice coming to me and saying, this isn't real. Like, this isn't actually reality. And I literally saw, like, myself, like a little self in my brain. (laughs) I know this sounds a little crazy. But in my brain, and I saw the world as a simulation. 
and that I could like inside smile, feel free, be okay, but that this simulation was occurring for a reason. And when I was like up in my head like that, I would see myself in different timelines as I got older. And I literally saw myself going to Africa. I saw myself working with babies. I saw myself performing and I just knew life was going to be dope even through the extreme chaos. Fuck. I never really thought of that. My uh, childhood uh, also traumatic, never. I, I've always been very optimistic. I've just known my entire life. And even when life was its most difficult, I don't know that I've ever really experienced a sensation of hopelessness for more than, you know, a couple hours during a good cry or something. You know, it's the only times I've ever experienced hopelessness have been about love. I think love really will trigger the deepest trauma for me, but, um, fuck. Yeah. I, I did, I did know I knew I would, would get to be a part of the changing of the world before the aliens ever came along. I didn't know, like know where to put it. I, you know, I was like, I'm be a famous actress or whatever, but, uh, I knew I was moving towards something my whole life, even when there was no evidence of that. That's interesting. Totally. And as corny as it sounds, it's like that belief is creation. But I also hate to be that person who's like, I just had hope and I made it through the hard yeah. times. Yeah, no, it wasn't that's that. also not me either. I'm a firm believer of sacred rage. Like, I feel like women should get very angry. And I feel like anger is a motivating emotion. A lot of times people get the most done when they're angry. I'm the most creative when I'm really fucking angry. And I like to hold that power of anger. Um, you say that in the sweetest voice. <laughs> I like kindergarten to... teacher. <laughs> um, I love that too. I love that as well. I think, you know, I only really tapped into my emotions in in the last six months or something. It's cringy now to think that Mormon and the Meth Head uh, seasons one and two are out there for people to listen to because it's embarrassing that I treated my podcast partner's emotions as a problem, as a problem to solve because that's like how I lived my life. But I was trying to, you know, I was in survival mode and couldn't feel my own feelings. And so here's this person I love and respect and he's having feelings. And I'm like, well, we need to fix this. Yes, I really, <laughs> let me teach you how to flood this out of you. And now having feelings, I'm like, I am so much more powerful with access to these emotions because it's kind of the missing piece. I think when we figure out what it is, what it is that makes it to where I can reach out, my cell phone will come to my hand. I bet it's emotions. I bet emotions. Once we have healed the trauma and gotten the trauma out of our physical bodies, which I do want to talk about at some point, uh, maybe on the next episode. Um, I, uh, about a lot of what we've been doing is removing the trauma from our bodies. That's why it's been different than the, the mental space healing. But I think once we do that and we have just access to those where there are buttons that we can push rather than buttons that someone else is pushing for us, I think that's where the the power is. Because I know in my dreams, I know that if you put me in a life-threatening situation, some type of insane supernatural power would show up. I can feel it in my body. I can feel totally. if you put a gun in my, in my face, you're eating that gun. Yes. I know that for a fact. I can tell you exactly where in my stomach... 
I would turn that gun on your like this is the shit I fantasize about by the way I guess I have some rage as well um but I can feel myself float off the ground I can feel myself move things and I do think that that's all emotion so I love that as well carry on totally yeah I just really relate to what you said about like the survival stuff because I well I'm a Virgo so we're super analytical anyways but because of going through so much trauma I notice and feel everything Therefore, if you're my friend and you have any sort of issue in your life, I would love to micromanage it for you. <laughs> I'm Virgo rising. I don't know if anyone recognizes that trait. <laughs> yes. But yeah, back to the timeline stuff. And when I was then when I was 18, um, I believe like I believe when we get in like car accidents or bad shit happens, we're really drawing that we're writing that wavelength, right? Right. We're really drawing that energy in. And I think it's to teach us something, to take us to a different wave. And really in my life, it's been to teach me more about timelines. So I was crossing um, Highway 66, a really big intersection, and a truck hit me going 60. And my car like flew off the road, like, but it was in the air for a while. And then I bounced into a field and... The jaws of life had to come. But I remember like my head being hit and blood in my eyes. But then the voice came and it was like, you're not dying right now. Just so you know, like this is really scary and you're going to feel a lot of physical pain when you wake up, but you're not going to feel physical pain right now. It's just going to be really bumpy. Go with the bumps. And something about that experience was crazy. I remember opening my eyes and there was so much blood in my eyes. I thought I was blind And then my grandpa was there. I was like, what the fuck is my grandpa doing here? And he had been driving by as the accident happened. Oh, my God. But my car was so crushed, he had no idea it was me. Holy shit. And they said if anyone was in the car with me, there was no way they would survive. And after that, like hearing those voices, I was like, I am only going to tap into these voices. These voices are here for me all the time. And always here. I'm very aware I have a much lower self, but I know this higher self feels shit all the time. And also when I was younger, I started reading energy and I'd, and I could, I, you know, when you're young and there's good people around you and there's bad people around you and you've been abused in a variety of ways, you know, who's good and bad instantly. And yeah, so I, started touching people's bodies and being able to see their timelines. Something I've never really announced open in public. <laughs> uh, I love it. I mean, I've done it a lot, um, drunken at parties. <laughs> Which is amazing because, you know, my, my theories on alcohol. So uh, you're one of the people that made me think about... What are your theories on alcohol? I think it's uh, I think it's the opposite of what every like there's like psychedelics and weed and everything that like assist in the higher realms. And then I think alcohol keeps keeps us in the lower realms. But then you're you're using higher dimensional gifts as a as a party trick while drunk. So now I have to think about the shit that I say that is completely based in my own uh yeah. Prejudices. So no, I agree with you though. So I'm just trying to understand it within myself. And I just think alcohol is the loss of inhibition. And I think Oh, if that's something holding you back, that makes yeah, because I don't think you lose your gifts. I do think it's dangerous 
manifesting while drinking. I, I you get picked up and dropped off. You're driving. You're drunk driving your life. You know. Totally. So uh, if you're a good manifester, I don't recommend. Uh, or if you're struggling with trying to manifest, thing, I just don't recommend alcohol. I think alcohol. We could phase that out uh, if at all possible because it just. Well, the thing about energy, quote unquote, energy readings, I think it's just the truth, the ultimate truth. Yeah. Right. And so when I'm drunk, I'm very honest. Yeah. No, that makes <laughs> drunk that makes sense. confessions are real confessions, you know? Yeah. I'm a huge liar when I drink. Is really? that weird? I haven't drank since I was a compulsive liar, but like, that's how I started doing stand up was that I was drunk and lied. But um, something that's interesting about what you're saying with energy readings, though, is because um, you are picking up on the truth and it is hard. God, I hate when I'm doing a reading. If you ever get a reading from me and I'm him hawing and I'm not t I'm not saying anything or I'm talking in circles is because there's something in your cards that I don't want to tell you. Totally. <laughs> Just a heads up. If it seems yeah. like I'm bombing, uh, <laughs> I will eventually go, OK, here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, because I really don't feel like a healer I see my lower self a lot I know I'm pretty fucked up so for me to come and be like well I think you should do this <laughs> and I'm seeing this so that's not what energy reading is to me it's just like I see this truth I hear you I'm listening yeah. to your body right now and this is what your body's telling me but we're really disconnected to our body our culture has taught us to be yeah so I guess maybe have this conversation with you then um are we storing all this data in our body? Are we storing 100%. all this experience in our body? So uh, fourth dimension, and I just, I, I categorize the dimensions according to what makes sense to me. And if it doesn't resonate, guys, uh, there's a million other takes on it. And also none of this is facts because it's energy. But it feels like the fourth dimension download was a mental space thing, right? Where it was like you, the healing was all like logic but it was very survivor personality. And, uh, and I think it bred a lot of toxic positivity because it was like, well, forgive the people. Everybody's got pain and <laughs> rah, rah, rah. and it works. It works for a while. And then this last two years was this like emotional space. Right. And, but it's, it's, oh, fuck. It's connected to the body. And I got, and our bodies are ascending right now. Holy shit. Because there's this thing that's happening, you know, where our bodies are actually changing into different bodies, right? Totally. And that's why we have to do the, we have to get all the stuff out. But I just saw something on Instagram or something the other day that like clicked for me that said the process that we're currently in, this 5D, is about getting all of the pain out of our bodies. The emo like the trauma that's stored in our bodies. Wow. Wow. I resonate with that so much. And... Part of me um, having all the weird jobs I've had. So I've been, I, after I was removed from, this, the state removed me from my parents. I was placed with my grandparents. And it was not an abusive home, but it was, it was a home. There was not a lot of parenting happening. Um, and they, I come from Longmont, Colorado, at the time I was a teenager, it had the highest rate of teen pregnancy in the United States. Wow. Yeah. And I think everyone around me just was like, she's going to be just like her mom, you know? And although my mom was a really intelligent person, she was one of the first in her family to graduate college, drugs, teen pregnancy, my brother getting sick, she, she's gone. Um, 
she is I don't know where she is but she is not in her body her voice isn't the same she doesn't look the same it's it's I don't know who that is but so I was like no I am gonna graduate like they just assumed I would be this teen mom they didn't really care if I went to school or not very much so I graduated I was valedictorian of my class and from there I looked up whales online and I was like I really fucking dig whales the animals or the uh, place <laughs> um animals okay <laughs> and I was like there is something and that's my higher voice again was like you're supposed to be with whales right now okay I'm in Longmont Colorado most of the people in my family have not been out the country or really traveled I hadn't I hadn't been on a plane till I was like 14 15 and I was like I'm going to live in Alaska and be with whales. So I just started researching online and this company was hiring for a character actress and to do tours. So I applied. I had no idea what I was applying for. I got to this place in Alaska. It was Skagway, Alaska. And I worked for this gold rush company. Oh my goodness. <laughs> With this crazy, crazy man. Hope I'm sure he doesn't listen to soberish named Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and all these people were dressed as characters from different times in the world. And when I got there, they were like, pick your characters. So I'd started doing some research on women who lived in Alaska. And during the time of the gold rush, there was one, they wouldn't let women in for a certain period of time. Oh, weird. And there was one woman named Klondike Kate, and she shaved her head and dressed like a boy and pretended to go to Alaska for the gold rush. She got there. She grew her hair out. She sewed herself a red dress. She had red curly hair, and she did poems in the street. Whoa. And she ended up making more money than any of the men who were there for the gold rush by doing poems and putting their name in it. Maybe a little side action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I was there, I got to go on a trip where we were sea kayaking with whales. This seems like really far off topic. But after doing that, I was like, holy shit, I'm jumping timelines. Like I'm Klondike Kate. I wanted to come with whales. And you can literally sea kayak next to humpback whales. And they'll get close to your kayak, but they won't knock it over. They're, they call them the gentle giants of the sea. Oh, wow. So from there, I just was like, I can literally do anything I want in the world. God, after being the with moment the you realize that <laughs> it's 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 such a huge part of it is is uh, I, I try in reading sometimes where I'm like, you know, people are like, I you know, I want to do something, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna try to trigger the thing that's stopping it because the thing that's stopping it, there's not an external force stopping it. It's literally your own belief that you can't. If I decide I want to do something and I hit a brick wall and I still want to do it, sometimes I hit a brick wall and realize I don't care enough. You know, I wanted to make TV. And then once we got into it, I don't know if we really hit a brick wall or I was just like, oh, I'm not going to like this. This is having a job. This is this is so much worse than having a job because did you know you write things and then people change them? Like you create art and then people less talented than you change it? Uh, I lost all interest in it, but 
if I want to do something like I, I want a, a comedy special and I kind of just want to make my own comedy special. Cause did you know that when you make a comedy special, they can move your jokes around your perfectly curated set can be destroyed. So I'm in the process of working on a comedy special right now, just cause like I want to make a comedy special and I want to have full complete control over it. And it just hasn't occurred to me yet that I can't just do whatever I want. And they're like, well, how are you going to pay for it? I don't fucking know. I'll pay for it. I can do, I, I can do anything that I want. I decided I was going to move to LA. I had a family of four in Delaware. I decided in late June, I'm moving to LA. I lived in LA by the beginning of January. Yes. I'll do whatever I want. I moved an entire family across the country with zero game plan, by the way. And guess what? Three of us are still in LA. <laughs> Yes. I love that. Uh, no whales, though. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. Um, so from a Ala- like Alaska was just super healing for me because it was nature. It was whales. At that time, we w- they put us like basically on an island in a house and it was 20 strangers from all over the world living in one house. And we had no cell phone service. We had no internet. So we had to like get to know each other. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And they called it the adult playground because there weren't any direct police force. And then so it drew a lot of people who were trying to manifest, who were running away from their own trauma, who were looking for love. They say you find your soulmate within the first 10 days of being a tour guide (laughs) in Alaska. And I found mine. It was really weird. Not what I was expecting. It was a six foot two identified woman at the time. Um, She was dark skin, gorgeous, and my boss. (laughs) (laughs) My kind of party. I like it. I like it. Yeah. She was 33. I was 21. And we moved into definitely my kind of party. (laughs) We moved into a meat locker and I spent the rest of the summer living in a meat locker in Alaska. There was no meat. In uh, it. Was it cold? <laughs> no, it wasn't really cold. It was like they, you know, it was an abandoned meat locker. Gotcha. So we cleaned it up, decorated it a little, put foam down. It was nice because when you when people go to work in Alaska in the summers, they camp. They twenty people will be in one house. It's just like college kids and a lost adults. <laughs> who come and do that in the summer. I love this story. Okay, keep going. Yeah, it was a lot. And then being with this 33-year-old identified woman at the time was really eye-opening and triggering. And I thought I ruled the world. Like, I could just blink my eyes and end up in Alaska. And they called me the whale whisperer then. And I would just go talk to them. And they would, the whales would come up and talk to me. Um, but then being with this person, she taught me a lot. And she wasn't nice about it. She was like, you have a thing called white privilege. I don't care how bad your background is. I don't care where you have come from. You have a lot to fucking learn. And she was an artist. And, you know, before we lived in the meat locker, my roommates were two queer guys who were addicted to heroin. And they would come in the summers and try to get clean because it was harder to get up there. And we would go out in the, for fun, we'd go out in the middle of the forest and get naked and take like sexy photo shoots, me and these two (laughs) queer guys (laughs) and her. And it was just, it was wild and beautiful. And going back to what you were saying about our trauma in our body. Yeah. Something I haven't hacked yet. That's something like I hold a lot of guilt 
and shame about because I can do all these crazy things in the world, but I believe it's parasites in my body. And especially women who've come from sexual trauma, I feel like we can be receptors for it. And I have a thing called PCOS, polycystic ovaries. Mm-hmm. Not glamorous. Um, it's made me gain a tremendous amount of weight. It fucks with your skin. You lose a lot of hair. And it's a cyst on your ovaries. And your ovaries are connected to your pituitary gland, which is also your third eye. And every month when your egg is released, it's because your third eye is giving messages to your ovaries that it's safe to release an egg. It's safe to be pregnant. So my body being a victim of so much sexual abuse, my body was like, fuck that and stopped it. And I haven't been able to start it yet. Holy shit. Physical parasites is something that's been coming up quite a bit. Uh, My daughter, um, I don't know if I talked about it. took her to the doctor and I was pretty sure she had celiac and she does most likely. Um, and, uh, we did the genetic test, which came back like two thirds likely that she has it. The other test would involve her having to eat gluten, which would almost kill her. And so, uh, we're just going to call it celiac. If you're in bed for three days, um, and then sickly for two weeks after eating gluten, we're going to call it. Um, but also the doctor was like, this seems like a parasite infection. So many 5d people right now and 5d sounds like a value judgment. So many people having these spiritual mystical experiences are also having major health issues in that region. They're all in the gut or the sacral and root. Absolutely. Uh, uh, solar plexus down, I would say. And so that's very interesting. And parasites have been coming up a lot because like I have a digestive system that doesn't work, never has worked. And it does work when I get that beta testing 5d body, everything's fine. Yeah. That's interesting that your digestive system doesn't work because a lot of our digestive system has to do with us digesting life, us taking the information in. And I feel like you're 5d right so you don't want to ingest all this worldly earthly bullshit so i feel like your body's like conflicting with that that is interesting i was talking to adriana uh she does uh, energy work i met her through lola from water baby and um she said you're carrying around and what was interesting was i was starting to like physically swell for a few days before we were talking and uh, you know i have like two different set points in my weight as of the last couple of years, now that I'm allergic to 500 foods, it's pretty easy to maintain the weight. That's new. That's a new thing in my life. But, um, she said that I had been hacking things for a long time and not releasing them afterwards. And so she said, you're still carrying around like addiction stuff that you hacked a long time ago that like I, you didn't release into the collective, which is a real fucking bummer. Cause like when, when I'm going through something, I'm like, Oh, this is, I'm hacking it for the collective is a, is an easier way for me to look at it. Sometimes when stuff's really painful is like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get out of this trauma. I'm going to break this cycle and, you know, and we will all benefit because a lot of us are doing this right now. But she said that I was still physically holding on to a lot of that. And in that moment I thought, Oh, that's interesting. She's going to do energy work with me to help get rid of it. But I wonder, I wonder if I see a switch 
in my uh, digestive habits afterwards. But that said, I do think we have physical parasites. When I was waking up, oh, fuck, I can't believe I forgot this. When I was waking up, at the end of my alien school training, I was doing a lot of medical intuitive stuff. They, they just like, I audited a lot of classes. I don't think I'm supposed to be any one of these things, but since I'm just supposed to um, be connected to a lot of people that are all of these things, I don't know if it's what it felt like a... But at the end, I was uh, like a healer in the tweaker community and uh, did a lot of MRSA work. I did a lot of work with MRSA, uh, a lot of work with abscesses and uh, missed shots, you know, um, things that tweakers get. And um, I know a, a natural cure for most ailments. I don't have to, you know, I know how to fix most things, but most basic normal things. But um, what am I dancing around here? I was obsessed. I was fixated on parasites. And I completely forgot that until just now. As soon as I got clean, I was like, uh, moved to Delaware and was still like my parent. I was like, we have to get rid of the parasites. And they're very difficult to get rid of. And if I remember correctly, it was like only, only, I'm getting a download right now, only pumpkin seeds will put them to sleep and then you have to get them out of your body while they're asleep from the pumpkin seeds. But if you get caught trying to remove, here's the download. If you get caught trying to remove a parasite, they will replicate. Don't say that to me right now. I'm trying to remember what it was. I just, I can't believe I forgot all this parasite talk lately. And I'm totally for, I totally forgot that I was obsessed obsessed with parasites can you say more about they'll replicate can you can you elaborate on um that? i'm not positive that's wh what it was i can't remember if it is that they'll replicate or that they will dig in further i will have to look into it this was stuff i was like i was reading a ton about because i just was like we're all filled with parasites and i'll spare you all the disgusting details of why i knew that but um, I thought it was weird and continue to think it's weird. I know all of these people that are, that have whatever this mysterious digestive issue and they're getting colonoscopies and biopsies and everything else and no testing for parasites. If there are any medical professionals listening to me and have a good explanation of why this is, I would like to know because parasites feels very obvious to me. It feels very obvious and everyone's so fucking tired and everyone's being drained, but like we are literally, that's a microcosmic of what's happening, right? We are living in a society where we are essentially batteries for parasites. So I think putting together the pieces of the physical parasites is going to give us clues of how to address the, uh, you know, the Rothschild. But um, I think it was replicate. I think it's if they catch you, you have to catch them when they're sleeping. You have to put them to sleep. So what would that mean? I'll have to think about that. For like, I've been talking about parasites and I keep saying like, I have to look into regular parasites and it's so wild to me that just now I was like, dude, you were literally obsessed with parasites. I, cause when I got clean, I made my entire family do this like parasite colon cleanse thing where you take this anti-parasite stuff and then all, and then all of this um, fiber to like push them out. But the ones that I was fixated on, it was there was something about pumpkin seeds. 
pumpkin seeds put them to sleep, but then you have to get them the fuck out of your body because if they wake up from that sleep and find that find out you try to get rid of them, I think they replicate. That's terrifying right now, but real. I think that's really real. Um, I did DMT recently, and I I just saw myself in all these different timelines of my life. And then what came, the spirit came to me afterwards, the aliens, the guides. And they were like, okay, there's a certain parasite in your body. And it is from this man who your mom dated. And in my head, I'm like, I've had a lot of trauma. He seemed a little irrelevant. And I'm like, him? <laughs> That's who my body's worried about right now? And they're like, fuck yes. And now your work is to go get this parasite by the head in your body and rip it out. So first thing I did was I went to the Herbs and Arts in Denver, um, my favorite witch store, and we like we made a candle and to do ritual around. But these candles burn for like six days, and I just kept being like to to conjure that to to kill a parasite you have to sort of conjure that energy right right and I don't want to attract more of that darkness while I'm trying to rid darkness. And I think that's why so many people are afraid of feeling dark emotions because when you go there, you have to authentically go there. You have to dig deep in that darkness, which means you might attract some shit along the way, but it's just about getting through that tunnel. I just don't want them to duplicate while this candle's burning. Oh, gotcha. I see what you're saying. I know you're really talking about the physical sense of it, but to me, I just feel like it's the same. Um, I do... <clears throat> I do think everything is everything. And I think we have physical things as a clue. Um, I don't want to babble while I haven't unpacked this yet, but I think it's less about linear time and more about a real strategy to remove this. Right. Because like time, can you pause time yet? Can you do the thing where you can just make five minutes last for a few days? Um, I think so. Yes. We, my, friend and I were at the Taos Vortex. It was like a little music festival. And I haven't been to a lot of music festivals. Haven't really been a huge thing for me. But this one was in the middle of Taos just at a park. And everyone was so nice. (laughs) And coming from the activist community, we're very, him and I are like hyper aware of police presence and police brutality and laws and rules and and we walk in and like they didn't care if you brought beer in, they didn't care if you brought weed in, like weed's not even I shouldn't say this stuff. <laughs> but let's just say there was like little to no police presence and little no to no security at this vortex. And it was just like all this beautiful art. Have you been to Meow Wolf? No. Oh my god, Jesse, you would love You're the third Meow person to ask me that in a week though, so now I have to go. Um, I found you and Meow Wolf in the same week and I was like Meow Wolf is super 5D and timelines and you just have to go. But we were, it's just in the middle of the park. People were so nice. It was our third day there. Um, And we might have got bought some acid. But when we bought acid, we bought it, my friend bought it, who's a male, bought it from this girl and she looked super terrified. He's like, but we had seen her the day before and she gave us acid because we had been dancing with her. And then so we saw her again and was like, can I buy some from you? I'm and this is my first time doing acid. But she was like, yeah. 
but she seemed scared. She's like, why are you asking me that? Like, how do you know to ask me? Like she hadn't seen us before and she ended up giving it to us, but her energy made me feel really weird. And it had it just been such a happy, safe place. But then we did the acid and mind you, we were on acid, but we went and sat kind of away from the crowd under this tree. And then we both looked up and saw all of these police there. And there was just like a huge police force all of a sudden. Oh God, I can't think of anything less okay on acid. Oh my God. He looked at me and he's like, we have to leave. And we just dropped a ton of acid and like <laughs> drive back to Colorado. And he was like, yeah, we have to leave. And the next thing I know, like four or five police officers came right in the middle of this crowd and went and grabbed the girl we bought it from. And she kept, she was already really sketched out about us. And she told us specifically, like, I only do this to my friends, like people I really know, but I'll, I'll make an exception. So I was like, oh, oh my, fuck. Fuck, she's going to think we ratted on her. And the whole crowd sort of moved and the energy died down. And my friend who I was with was fucking terrified. He was sweating bullets. Fuck. Um, he's like, don't move. Like we were very like, they're going to either her friends are going to kick the shit out of us or we're going to get arrested right now. And so we just sat there for a while and I was like, we're in control of this timeline. We we're actually in control of reality and I'm not going to speak to this shit. Like we're in power right now. And, and he couldn't get there. Like he was just terrified. And I was like, no, like this is, I need you to just not talk and follow me. He's like, we can't stand up. Like they're going to see us. I was like, no, just follow me. And we went away and he was just tripping balls and really like having a bad trip. And I sat with him and I was just listening. Um, the next thing I know, I heard this like really sweet voice of this girl talking about her body and like eating healthy and putting good things in her body. And I felt like I was listening to a podcast. <laughs> and I was like, this podcast is pulling me out of this, this timeline. So I was like, I told him to just like be quiet for a second. And I brought her over and she was like this beautiful fairy. And I was like, you need to have your own podcast. And I just started doing a read energy reading of her and talking about like her throat chakra, talking about stuff in her past. And she started bawling and she's like, I've been debating whether or not I should have a podcast. So long story short, we jumped podcast to this our jump timelines <laughs> with this beautiful podcast fairy who then brought her friends and I just started reading all of their energy. So we moved away from like being in the music world to just reading energy. And then we ended up seeing that group of people who we thought got arrested or who we saw got arrested and they didn't and they were fine. And I was like, are you guys okay? And they were like, that didn't happen. Oh my God. And I swear to God, it's not just cause I was on acid. No, no. The acid, it's interesting that there always has to be something like, because so much of higher dimensional reality is you have to trust your own experience because it's literally all inside of you. And I say that that's why I have to be like, I'm here to, uh, um, validify what is my fucking issue with words right now these people there's very loud people on the other side of this door sorry if you can hear them validate i'm here to validate experiences of people that already have it 
having, giving people language and to bring them together. I'm not here to teach you much about things you're not already experiencing. But there's a reason why the person who's here to validate you is a meth addict with high school dropout and not an MIT scientist is because if I was credible, then you would validate, not you, but people would validate, they would give you something outside of yourself to validate those experiences. And you only get tiny pieces of that. I was just saying this morning, somebody posted an Ascension update from some other website and it was talking about the same stuff I've been getting downloads about, which is 60, uh, work what work is work is supposed to be be something that makes your heart sing not you know a hamster wheel and I was like it's validating for me when other when I see that other people are getting the same downloads you know it does make me feel good I don't seek it out you know but I it, there is something that goes like you know because I also have that that little bit of thing there but acid is cool in that you everything you're experiencing on acid is more real you're seeing more layers of the available reality when you're on psychedelics than you do right now where you're limited or where most people do right now. I'm sure you can see the, the fucking grid work right now. But, um, but then there's always the thing of you don't get a full validation from it. It's like, here's behind the curtain, but you're going to have to believe your own experience and not, you know, there's always the, well, I was on drugs, right? There's always the, well, there was this. The cool thing about acid is like, we saw this shit together. You know, both of us saw this, right? So uh, I love that. That's very. Yeah, it was amazing. I love how you like linked back up because there probably is a, a nervous timeline. Like that timeline's real, right? That, there was a timeline where that girl went to jail, which doesn't make any sense. Right. Doesn't make any sense. There's, a, you know, but then you, y'all just changed the vibration and went to a timeline that matched that vibration. And me being a five foot two white girl, my timelines are going to look differently than other people's right. based on my experience. So it's something you have to be really conscious of because it would be really easy for me to look at him and be like, it's not real. Like this, this police presence isn't real. But in his experience, in his world, police presence has been really real. And I, in a sense, come from a place of privilege to be like, no, just jump away from that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I've gotten messages from people of color who have asked, like, what, um, what would your answer to this be? You know? <clears throat> and I'm like, I can't. I can tell you what I think, but I can't, I can't tell you that honestly because I haven't had that life experience. I only know from my own life experience. And so I'm not, I can't tell you. Uh, I'm definitely not going to tell you get over it, you know? <clears throat> yeah, I, I get really weird in this part, but absolutely, it's a, it's a different, and that's the toxic positivity thing that I don't like, where totally it's not like, no, your experience isn't valid, and I love the way that you just changed the vibe, which is very similar to like parenting style stuff, where it's like, stop telling your kids don't have emotions, right, and then instead just like, you know, yeah. bring a different energy to it because nothing works with force. I couldn't force him off that timeline. Um, but together we walked on a different timeline. So he had to use his superpowers too. He had to be extremely conscious in the moment and connect with me to even do that. Or he would have stayed there. Didn't matter yeah. what I would oh, do. Oh, and acid. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. Acid and mushrooms. 
I don't think I've ever done that. What is it like? You recommend it? <laughs> I think it was cool for me personally, but I think if you want to heal and you want to heal fast, do it. But to heal, you're going to have to see some scary shit. Yeah. But that, but I think that scary shit is always there. It's always in the background. It's always looming. And I'm, I'm the kind of person who'd like to open the blinds really fast and feel it completely. Um, but again, that's privilege too. Like I've survived doing that. I've helped others people like my little brother survive doing that. But how can I tell someone else's like, how can I be like, no, just fucking deal with your pain. Cause sometimes I want to do that. Like face your pain. Like you'll be stronger afterwards. But even though I f- can feel his pain, I don't have, it's just privilege to think he could just face it and feel it. Um, our layers are our protection. Yeah. Yeah. And they come down when they're supposed to and the timing that they are uh, supposed to. They're, for the most part, it seems like they're coming off um, right now. But um, I do want to say also, though, that I have been like doing all this timeline stuff and I've never really done hallucinogenics till I turned 30. So this is all like new for me and very validating because I've experienced all this sober because I had a very judgmental view of drugs because in my head, drugs is what's fucked up my life. Right. Drugs is what's taken people away from me. Drugs is why I've been abandoned. So I've come from this like righteous standpoint of I'm going to be clean. I'm going to be sober. I'm going to live a good life, a good life. And then the universe puts me in very precarious <laughs> situations. I remember uh, preaching in when I first woke up that the drugs were here, that certain drugs were here to wake us up. And I do think a lot of drugs get you behind the veil. I think that opiates do something like get you behind the veil and trap you back there. There's something Ooh. about opiates that don't let you come back. Right? Yeah, I feel that in my body. Yeah. Ooh. And, um, I feel like that's a black mirror episode where somebody gets addicted to a uh, virtual reality therapy game or virtual reality. <laughs> I say virtual reality therapy so much that it's somebody gets addicted to a virtual reality game and then they don't want to come back to life. And I th- I think that's the energy of what opiates feel like is it lets you behind the veil, but in a way that you never integrate. Yeah. It makes me so sad, but I think that's so real. Um, math did a weird thing where it brings the higher dimensions. Boom. Right here. No veil. But very few people could handle it. Very few people could handle that, like, access. It will probably just make you, like, insane. It just it just accelerates the schizophrenia because there's just... Schizophrenia is just a natural state as you're climbing in between dimensions, you know? And a lot of people just get lost in, in the between. And meth, meth felt like... Where heroin feels like it takes people out of their bodies and takes them to another dimension but they can never integrate those two things. I don't, I don't, I don't know of a story of someone who's like, I woke up on heroin and I'm, you know, whatever. I know a few people, but not enough to say that meth is a good idea (laughs) because it's so, those dimensions are right here and it makes you crazy. It makes you insane. What do you think about meth and violence? Because I've only, I've never met anyone like you. I've only associated with meth with violence. Because when I was younger, when my mom got a certain partner, she was like, we're going to have a family now. Let's go to this meth lab trailer in the middle of Kansas. So we did. And it was insane. And it was very, very violent. There was a lot of violence. 
I don't Why? talk a ton about the violence. Everything is so amplified. So what meth was like is whatever's in you mm. is coming to the forefront. If you are, sh- if shallow is not a big one, if you are, whatever your ego, whatever the grossest parts of your ego, they're coming out. And I could tell what somebody's core fear or core issues were by what they, what their tweak was, like what their hobby was. Somebody's picking at their face in the mirror. It's like they hate themselves, you know, somebody who's taking things apart and can't put them back together. You'll see the exact same way. That's the same way they handle relationships, you know? And, uh, but if you, whatever your ugliness is, you'll see it. Like that's, it's, it's who you are. It's raw. And it is, uh, and it's, it's, the feelings are so intense. So like, it's like, it's, everyone's so horny. It's gross. <laughs> um, and, uh, and violent. If you get angry, it's just violence. I suffered a lot of violence. Um, and I'm weirdly equipped to suffer violence, you know? And so I just, but it, most pictures of me back then, I have some form of like, bleeding lump on my head or black eye i've i watched people's heads get bagged and kicked in i you know stabbing shootings like you know and i was pretty sheltered in that lifestyle but i also you know prevented a lot of boyfriends from getting you know beat up and uh and um yeah there's a lot a lot of violence it's just a a much darker environment and then you just have people, just the drugs themselves and the, and the criminal activity, you know, it's a different lifestyle and we, we handle things differently right. and it gets, uh, the more people go to jail and or go to prison and come back out, the worse it gets weirdly enough. Yeah. Shocking. Shit got darker and darker, the more exposure to the criminal justice system they got. So, uh, I do not recommend meth. If you are looking to get behind the veil, I do recommend psychedelics. And I remember being like, hey, guys, I don't think the psychedelics are just for us to... Because I did so many... I did so many psychedelics as a teenager. Um, do I have permanent brain damage? I don't know. But it was different. You know, the experience was different. Where now it is... You know, Now, when I look at what I'm looking at on acid, I'm like, okay, this is just what regular life looks like to me if I let my eyes get lazy. You know, if I let my eyes get lazy, the ceiling will start boiling and I can see the grid work and stuff because I've been looking at it for so long. And the idea of people who didn't do acid until their 20s and 30s now doing it as a way to tap into that. Um, I did acid with someone recently and I play with energy all the time. Like if you see me at a comedy show, I'm usually spinning my fingers. I'm playing with the, with the, the balls of energy on my hand, playing with balls. And, uh, nobody else can ever see it. And even on acid and I'm, so I'm sitting here playing with the energy on acid and he's like, what is that static stuff between your fingers? And I was like, oh my God, you can see it. I'm going to make you watch me play with it for nine hours now. And the next day I was like, can you still see it? And he had to work a little bit to see it, but he could still see it because he had like, uh, quoting the Bible again, been given eyes to see, like it's a new sense because it's there. It's always there. And so psychedelics provide this great opportunity, but I just love this, uh, also validating that now this crew of twenties and thirties year olds who didn't party away their teen years, who aren't fuck ups like myself, um, 
doing psychedelics and being like, yes, these are here to help us, you know, cause I just sounded crazy when I was saying that. So once again, 18 years ahead of my time. And it's interesting. Like my little cousins, like Gen Z, they're just doing mushrooms on the daily. Yeah. You know, just microdose in a way. And I'm like, Hmm, I just, it's interesting to me because some of them are just hella here, hella alive. They got, they just have this incredible knowing. And then others, I'm like, why aren't the mushrooms affecting you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Gen Z. I love Gen Z, man. I love, uh, uh, cause you see so much arsenal energy in the millennials. You know, you see that they're here to, to tear down the old world and Gen Z are just, a lot of them are, uh, image setters. Right. So, and we're, we're all at all energy. So a lot of us are, I'm all three, you know, but, uh, and we are harnessing different ones. You know, what are you going to do if you're all arsenal and we end up in the new world? But I love, I love talking to Gen Z and then these, so I guess it's like rainbow indigo, rainbow crystal. I can't remember. I always fuck it up, but there's like energetic generations, right? I don't get into the woo shit enough to know that, but I do know that that's a thing. But then to talk with my 10 year old, she's nine. I'm never going to get her age. Right. Um, and just the way that she sees the world, I'm like, Oh, you're just from the new world. You have no karmic can yeah. anything. And you're just from the new world. And so she just is, uh, very tuned into the world that we lived in, live in and just like, well, you guys need to get this cleaned up, you know, before we become adults. Cause this doesn't, we're not here for this shit, you know, very totally. My brother was visiting me in Denver like a week or two ago and I was pushing his manual wheelchair on the sidewalk and we were going to go to dinner and it was getting like kind of dark, but we were just going a few blocks from my house, but Denver sidewalks suck and his wheelchair wheel popped off and like we're shit out of luck like right he like so we had to like get down and we're tr i'm trying to like pop this wheel back on this wheelchair and we're on the side of the road and like four or five gen z <laughs> like came rushing to us and they all got their snapchat out and initially you'd kind of feel like Ugh, like i felt like Ugh. yeah and it was awesome they got their snap. One of them researched how to put a wheel back on a wheelchair. <laughs> oh my God. And then the rest were just like helping us put the wheel back on and they were recording it all. And then like did a brief little interview with me and my brother. Oh my God. <laughs> and they were like, you got to help everyone. And then they left and like gave us I hugs. just got goosebumps. I, I love know. this generation. I, like, I feel like older people just have this innate reaction to be like oh they're always on their phones they're so disconnected but them being on their phone is how they connected with us and how they got out this bigger message to help people like my brother yeah I uh I I argue a lot on behalf of kids in electronics and uh stop trying to make the kids go in the fucking if you want to take your kids to the woods take them to the woods that's fine stop feeling guilty if your kids are on a tablet these children are going to be in robot bodies by the time they're your age like technology is the way that we experience consciousness now it just fucking is what it is we, the the days of the street lights are us staying out to the street lights that was our life experience we already live that they are us they are our consciousness in the next experience, they're here to experience something different. Fucking leave them alone. God damn it. Leave yourself alone. Stop feeling guilty. I guess if, 
your kids don't like electronics. Like I'm not preaching on behalf of electronics, but I'm so sick of this fucking boomer conversation. Cause I did this. I'm my kids are going to be free range. <laughs> and then, you know, my daughter is uh, very introverted, very, very sensitive to other people's energy and gets super anxious in social situations, but will just sit on her tablet and research art supplies and then create beautiful art by herself in her room. And she's happy, man. You go in there, her energy is balanced. And then it's like, you know, my mom lives with me and takes care of kids when I'm on the road. There's like a phase of like no electronics until nighttime, which is so not my parenting style that I, you know, it, it created a little conflict for a second where I'm just like, this doesn't work for me. Like my kids get to do what resonates with them. And unless I see like actual, an actual fucking problem, like let them be them, I'm not telling them who they are. But, uh, but yeah, she just, and she just like, she, she's searching social issues and, you know, she's using her beautiful, pure new world energy to dissect and to support yeah, I remember at one point, like last year, I was like, what if I told you, because I'm careful not to tell them what to believe either. So I was like, what do you think about, she has, had had strong opinions about God since she was like three. And uh, she's very anti-religion and I, and I don't tell them what's real. I'm like, you know, they talk about Santa and they're like, is Santa real? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you think? I just partially because I don't want to participate in the deception of my children, but I want them to believe what they believe. It's not my place to paint their world for them and so anyway I was like what can I tell you what I believe is that this reality is not real and then uh I explained a little bit about that you know that I think it's some sort of video game not video game but like something like that and that we just experience things whatever and then uh <laughs> she just recently was like yeah I I mean obviously it's true but I experienced kind of a dark night of the soul. She didn't call it a dark night of the soul, but she described a dark night of the soul. After you pointed out that reality wasn't real because then I could see it everywhere and it made more sense than anything else that had been presented to me. This is how That's she talks so to. Yeah. Who is she going to be when she's 30? I know. I know. I like when she, when I was pregnant with her, my guides were like, hide her hide her she wasn't she didn't go to school until this year and i just met with her teacher and her teacher the other one's really cute but just a pretty normal energy but phoenix they were like hide protect her from in her name yeah exactly yeah that's exactly what she's named after too the death of the old and the birth of the new and i dreamt of both of them and uh and there's a third that was that was like optional but these two were not optional and i tried to not have the second one but they were like fuck you but two very different energies but yeah phoenix they were like hide her and so she had very little uh external influence i didn't let people babysit her she was homeschooled i made sure to let like create a bubble for her where she could like nobody tell her who she is right and uh She's fucking incredible. I can't wait to see what she becomes as an adult. But I met with her teacher and I was like worried, you know, I don't think I did that great of a job as a homeschool mom, but the teacher was like, I've never met a child like this before. And I was like, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's her, you know, that's her. That's a, that's a great description of her. And she was like, she's just, she's thoughtful and tuned in and wicked smart. And, uh, 
like yeah homeschooling yeah i just like i just sat her in front of a computer and let a computer do all of it so <laughs> it's not um i think it was less the schooling part because like i did uh totally. she did miss some stuff but the just letting kids minds be well she wasn't being programmed on a right daily basis. that was the biggest thing is i her was like creativity she wasn't being sucked out of yep. her every single no day. one gets access to her perception of reality or herself until she's past the age seven because when i got certified as a hypnotist that's kind of when things solidify lily's different and she's just different she's just like <clears throat> classically beautiful which bothers me because i'm like mm. I feel like that's its own. Th- that's its, its own, own thing. It's a superpower. It's though. a yeah. He I don't know. It it's things. so hard to be. I'm so grateful that there was always something physically not. You know, I never got to ride that wave. You know, I never. That was never easy for me. So I always think like, God, to become uh, internally focused when you're smoking hot. You know, I'm not calling my six year old smoking hot, but it feels like that's probably the trajectory of her life, and I hate it. I'm like, God, I hope you have bad skin or something, you know, just to like develop your personality. I'm probably going to take that part out, but, um, <laughs> it is easier for a camel to, uh, fit through the eye of a needle than for a hot person to wake up. I'm just kidding. And that is, why am I quoting so much Bible shit at you? Is that weird? I don't know. I pulled cards <laughs> yesterday and I kept getting like Jesus references. So like, I feel like Jesus and Bible, maybe it's Kanye's new gospel album. That's... Was that any good? I haven't listened to it. I'm not, I haven't heard good things. Um, I'm just a huge fan of Kanye, but I feel like that could be its own podcast. Um, I have to take a call real quick. We're going to take a break and then we're going to get back to your timelines. I've been 